stay fly, stay fly. So when you get into the biblical exodus, uh, these the 42 confessions of mine are somewhere between 2,000 to 2,500 years older than the Ten Commandments. Uh, then you know, 42 mid negative confessions. They're, te- they're technically the, ne- the confessions of my mind. That's what they are. And sometimes it happens just from having fun and you wind up getting caught up. And there you go with fantasy without self discipline leads to self destruction. Stay fly, stay fly, The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Peace Code Keepers, yo, it's time for a great conversation. We're going to fall back a little bit into some knowledge of self. You know, we're all about empowerment, health, wealth, knowledge of self. So tonight is all about knowledge of self. And knowledge of self really can lead to our main focus of empowerment. So we have with us the Kamishan monk, <laughs> I kept calling it the Tahitian monk and the Tibetan monk. And <laughs> he's like, nah, bro. You wrong, bro. You wrong for that, bro. <laughs> so, uh, man, I'm, I'm kind of excited. In the background, you see, are these the uh, pyramids in Giza? Yep. So-called Giza. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So why do I have pyramids from Kemet or Egypt in the background. Why is that even connected to what we're discussing tonight? So I guess I'm leading to your origin story. You know, we can watch the Black Panther's origin story. We can watch Storm's origin story, Spider-Man's origin story. You can tell I like Marvel, right? (laughs) (laughs) Iron Man's origin story. Let's learn about your origin study story. All right, so how did you get involved in all this commission science and philosophy. Okay, so um, when I was young, about, I don't know, eight or nine years old, I had a, a middle brother, I had a baby brother who was like maybe one, maybe 10 months old, something like that. And um, he, um, my, my two-year-old brother was hit by a car when I was two years old. So uh, when that happened, you know, I, it just created a whole host of questions because at the time, I was of a of a belief that you know, uh, I guess from a immature child point you know point of view, that um, that that God wouldn't have allowed something like that. So I had a I had a misunderstanding, I guess you might say, of natural order or, or yeah, natural order would be the way to put it. So I just began to dig deep and and try to try to find an answer for why that happened, you know? Um, I mean, your two-year-old brother's hit by a car, you drop on your knees and you you pray to everything you know how you've been taught to pray to, you know? You call on God, you, you call on Jesus, you call on the Holy Ghost, uh, you pray with people, you hold hands, you go through the whole nine yards. And um, yeah, it didn't seem to have any effect, so I need to have an answer. That that wasn't good enough for me at the time. Uh, so I began to seek a better, a deep understanding as to, as to, as it relates to where did all of this stuff come from in the first place and, and was it accurate? So that, that's pretty much how I got started. Wow. Wow. And so what has that led you to? Oh, well, at a young age, I figured out 
the closest you're going to get to the truth is the origin. A lot of people think that, well, you know, I can uh, I can know this, you know, I can I can study this and I can know this. I can I can take courses and I can understand it. But when you're dealing with uh, ancient lore, if you might, I might say, um, when you're dealing with that type of what I call um, a, a type of technology, uh, sensory technology that our ancestors had. Um, that's not something you can just go study. There's there's certain certain um, attributes you're going to have to take on to be able to see it the way they saw it. And so that in and of itself, man, I, I'm, I, I'm no doubt took me well over 24, maybe 26 years just to get to that point. And it wasn't until I got to that point that I was able to glimpse into their understanding of what we are. And then I was able to, then, then from that I was able to get answers for a quest I had started, you know, 40 years ago. You know, so it took a long sure. time. Of course, you have life too, you know, life happens, you do this, you do things, you live your life, you make decisions, some of them right, some of them wrong. Every one of them have consequences you have to deal with. So obviously there's a lot of stop gaps along the way. Uh, but for some reason, it's, I just never really drifted away um, from obtaining that answer. I just stayed with it. So do you have a better understanding after studying commission science of why your brother became an ancestor? Yeah, 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 I do. So right. it, it goes back to it goes back to what our ancestors thought we were in the first place. Um, uh, their depiction of the beginning is far different than, than say, the way we see things today. It's, it's far different. For example, their concept is that God divided itself into the many things which took form. And that, 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 uh, that formation of individualities called Ossers, uh, A-S-A-R-E-S, Ossers, right? Um, what, what we have to understand is what they understood. And trust me, even after I understood this division that they did, that they expressed or explained about how everything came to be, which they called the birture, is the instantaneous transmission, or should I say, yeah, transition or uh, how should I put it? Uh, transcendence of one form into many. That's called nurture. They have a they have a, a certain word for that, right? And within that are individualized wills. An individualized will is what you are, is what I am. And so once I got to understand that, then the then the perspective changed completely. I was like, well, wow, that's that's way different than than anything I've ever heard of or, or that I'm learning in this day and time. So it became more intriguing. I wanted to learn more. And, and by doing that, obviously, you know, that took time. Breaking down the the, the, the theme of Osir and Osset, that story, the situation between Osir and his brother Set. Uh, that, I mean, it's about three or four primary metaphors that are nothing more than metaphors. And also, you know, ditching the idea that these are gods, so to speak, when they're not. That is a great secret in and of itself. But when I discovered what that was, it changed my <laughs> entire mentality. 
then I begin to be able to identify with what I am and what you are and what we are. And what is that? <laughs> well, if God divided itself into the many things which took form according to them, right? Then what is it that divided? That's the question. What divided? Now, it still took me years to even figure that out. <laughs> but what, what, what divided was will. The will was one and the will became two. Or the will was one and the will divided into many. And so what this does, this is addresses the idea that we have that still, that still survived into this time that God is all things. But nobody describes how that process came to be. Nobody seems to have an answer for that. It's just God is all things. Well, how, how did God get to be all things? So when you have the concept of a creator, right? Well, God is creating something. You get the concept of, of, of separation created from creator. According to our ancestors, that's not what happened. The creator itself divided itself. So we are both the created, if you could, in the terms of what took form and the creator at the same time. That's that's that. So we're the creator and the created simultaneously. Yep. Kind of like a plant where the plant has seeds. That's correct. <laughs> and so yeah. it's creating the new generation. Right. While it was part of an earlier earlier planting, That's and I correct. see your shirt says Brooklyn. Peace yeah. out to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my Brooklyn Cameron is right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn is a blood type. Yeah. All right, I'll leave it at that. You know, were you from Brooklyn, man? Born in Jamaica, Queens, actually. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Brooklyn keeps on taking it, and we're going to see that later on night. When uh, actually, we're probably not going to see that tonight. <laughs> you know, we got KRS One versus Big Daddy Kane tonight. On oh, versus. okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. Classics. <laughs> That's going to be hot, but yeah. Brooklyn keeps on taking it. <sighs> so, how does that differ from what you learned growing up? Catholic, Christian, Catholic, New York, Catholic, <laughs> New York, Catholic, 1960s. Yeah. Catholic. That's okay. That's the, that's the so that Catholics was... who were changing names to make sure they were biblical names and <laughs> saying, you well, can't have that name. You got to have a, you're uh, a Christian name. That, right. th those Catholics. Well, I mean, yeah, those class Catholics that, that used, uh, uh, um, a concept of cleanliness from the ancient Egyptians called circumcision. The Egyptian priest, and, uh, and after part of your initiation, after you went through the education, and then after you completed the, um, uh, what we call it, the seven um, liberal arts, right? Once you complete the liberal arts and then you enter into the priesthood, then after, if you were able to pass that, then you got circumcised. That's what made you clean. That's where circumcision come from. It's not a it's not a Christian concept whatsoever. It definitely has its roots in ancient Egypt. Oh, and also Ethiopia as well. I'll show you that. I'll show you that. I remember when I was studying some of the uh commission 
commission science, as, as you will, um, we saw the pictures were um, men who were going through the priesthood training mm-hmm. were holding their genitals, making a promise. And they made a testimony and they had to hold their testis and they were saying, testy saying, if I break my bond, if I lie, then may my ability to reproduce be taken away from me. So, um, <laughs> and it was just kind of interesting watching those types of imagery from our ancient commission ancestors. Um, how does this vary from what we learned as Christians. Oof. And yeah. I, I'm gonna preface I'm gonna preface your response by saying one of the things that my father was a minister. All right, he had a doctrine in theology from Livingston. And we used to sit and just kind of watch things. And one day, uh, one of the popes had passed away. And they were having the funeral procession. But mm-hmm. in that they had the homily of the saints or something like that. Right. And I was like, Dad, they're doing libation. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, they are. And we just kind of imagined then how the Catholic Church was just a pretty version of African ritual. Correct. A very pretty version of African ritual. And then we can look at some of the uh, royalty that's in the background currently in this picture where we see uh, mm-hmm. we see people of, of royal stature and they're wearing the hats or the headpieces that later became the headpieces in the Roman Catholic Church. Especially, especially the one that uh, it appears to be that uh, looks like officers wearing the one on the left uh, on right under the G. That particular crown is very similar to the Catholic uh, Church crown. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting that it's right under the G. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody caught that. I don't know yeah. if everybody <laughs> caught that, but somebody caught that. It's right under the G. Uh, yep. But go ahead and answer the question. How was uh, what the Asarian, Asara set, uh, Asara set, Osiris or uh, Asara set, Haru story? How was that very different? And then how was it very similar to what we learned in the Christian doctrine? Well, I'll, if, if, if you don't mind, I, I'll reverse it. I would prefer to reverse engineer that questions. So I'll start with the the similar yet different. Okay. So in 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 Mott in Mott, Mott, uh, um, philosophy, um, one of the things that I'm aware, I became aware of is the similar yet different thing. So um, that what that's really referring to is the variances in energy. It doesn't it's all the same energy. But it's a variance in that energy, so the the, the expression of that energy varies. So that's why you see things that will be similar yet different. That includes uh, philosophies, concepts, you know, uh, ideologies. You see things which are similar yet different. So when you look at the savior concept, when you get into say Jesus Christ in in Christianity, um, the idea there is that if that you're supposed to live a certain a certain way, right? You're supposed to live with reverence for others, basically. You're supposed to do that. And the changes in your behavior in terms of how you live is what actually saves you. People would like to think, well, as soon as I know it's said a lot that as soon as you accept 
uh, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then you're saved from your former life or your or your or your past uh, your past behavior, right? So, um, I guess that's when you finally, you know, achieve not repeating the past behavior. Um, but um, so. And, and with Haru, who's the similarity with, with say, Jesus to Christ, Haru was the first savior in, his, in, in history. That was the very first one. Hey, that's, that's the little guy there. Um, he was the first savior in history. And what we have to understand, though, is that the difference between, say, uh, the Hebrew concept or the Greek concept of, of, of Christianity, which is New Testament, Jesus, this kind of thing, the apostles, that's, that's Greek. That's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not Hebrew, that's not Jewish, right? Um, the standard the difference is, is that the whole concept of Asar, Aset, and Haru are metaphors. These are actually aspects of yourself. These are not beings or deities that existed in another form. These are actually you. Peru represents your own will. Aset represents your emotional behavior or emotional perception of things. And Asa represents your true being, your true self, that which divided from um, uh, from Ta from the very beginning. Right? When God divided itself into many things that many things which took form, he called them Asas. And that's who that is. That's actually you. Now, I know also is personified in the, in the photo there as being male, but in reality, in the also state, nothing is male nor female. These are states of energy. Will is energy. Also is a will, is your will of your higher self. That's how that works. Whoa. The will of your higher self. Yes. All right, so... Okay. Pray for prayerfully. We're going to understand all this. <laughs> you dropped us some gems, all right? So I just want everyone to pray that you're going to understand this. What is the higher self and lower self? Okay, so that's what the two pyramids represented that you first put up in originally. So uh, that that you know they say it's been you know there's certain class of people stole this and calls it the Star David. But in reality, its original, its, its, its origin comes from the concept of the star Ra, right? So just to get the story straight, Ra is not a sun god. It just so happens that since Ra represents divine will, and divine will is enlightening, shining like a light, many assume that its association is that which with the sun, but it is not. It's divine will. Uh, I express it to my own, you know, f- friends, neighbors, uh, family, as Ra is actually life. So the way we would translate that today is Ra is actually life. It's anything that has that has that has form, that that has life, objectivity. That is Ra in and of itself, in its in its pure form. It's there's no form without Ra. That's simply how that part works. Hopefully, I answered your question. Maybe I think I maybe pivoted a little bit too much. <laughs> That's intriguing. Uh, I also want to say that uh, we have Cameron, Mayan, and Imani who might pop in with a question. Um, 
So I'm looking forward to hearing what they ask their dad. And also, hey, the viewer can watch uh, the viewer or, you know, the viewer can ask a question in the comments and we'll post that. So, you know, we talked about some of the similarities with the Asarian Aset belief system. Well, I'm using that term Asar Aset because I studied with Asar Aset at one time. Um, When we look at the cross, and this is a Coptic cross. This is the cross that you find that the Ethiopians um, will use. And it actually originated in Kemet or what yes, we call Egypt. Mm-hmm. All right. Are there any symbols in this cross rather than the traditional Tau, the T-A-U, right. you know, the, the, the letter T, <laughs> right, 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 uh, yeah. that most Christians associate with the cross of Christianity? Um. Well, I would say it's an exaggerated version of the uh, caduceus. So if you mean with the caduceus, like when you go to the doctor's office or you go to the dentist and you, you see the, 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 the pole with the serpents going up and on either side, you see the wings. If you remove the serpents, you wind up with the, with the pole going down the center and the wings on, the, on either side. That's what creates the cross that you're referring to. So I would say that it, 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 rep- it really more presents uh, or represents the caduceus more than anything else as far as the cross goes. Uh, but what's been removed are the serpents uh, that, that go up um, the caduceus side or, the, or, the, or that go up the cross, so to speak. So uh, those serpents represent the forces of energy, your own life force, which rises up and down every time you inhale and exhale. That's, that's all a part of your own being so there is also a, um, a meditative um, um, practice that you can perform that deals with cultivating that a little bit better uh, helping your life force you know I guess you might say um, flow through your body but the purpose for that obviously is for enlightenment so that you can but to be enlightened you have to first find peace so you have to calm yourself Though that I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou maketh me to lie down beside the still waters. The still waters is emotion. So if if your um, if your state of being is is uh, you know disrupted, uh, overstressed, you know, um, then you cannot be calm, and you cannot still the waters, and you cannot be at peace. And that distraction uh, doesn't allow you to communicate with your ancestors and listen to whatever it is they have to tell you. But they're always there waiting all the time. Yeah, that's the caduceus there. Classic. That's that's the caduceus, yes. And the two serpents represent the two ladies in reality, which are the two aspects of Maat. The one on the right is Aset. The one on the left is Nekhebet, or you can call it Hetheru. That's what, two, that's what the two serpents actually are. So you're saying that the Tau, the T-A-U, the cross that uh, is part of uh, the, the Christian iconography is really right. kind of based on, was this yeah. older than the cross? Were, yeah, by far. You moved, removed, again, removed the serpents and you have you have the cross right there. The wings represent the crossing bar. And if even if you remove the, the wings and you remove the serpent, you can see there's a bar right there that the wings rest on. So it's right there. Whoa. 
It's the Whoa. same thing. It's just it, you, you, what you have is, um, in my opinion, uh, not only a, a, um, a copy of something, but um, you also have a misrepresentation in terms of what it actually means. Uh, but to the Hebrews in Judaism, it means the ten sophrai. The ten, the, the cross breaks down, breaks up into into ten squares. So you have four, two squares on, on the right and left that makes your crossbar, and then you have uh, two squares, one, two, and the third with a two cross, and then you have the other going down. So you have six going down, and 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 the, and, and the, you know two on each side coming from the third, the third, the third square. Those are called the ten sophrai. So. If, if you've ever understood, um, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. There's a way to read that, that moves counterclockwise around, around the various squares. Uh, oh, by the tables of, hmm. it escapes me right now uh, with, with that part. Is but I also am, am not too too bad with uh, the the the, uh, the Kabbalah or the or the Kabbalion and, 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 and I guess you might say interpretations of our ancestors' work. I'm, I'm familiar with interpretations of our ancestors' work too. That was some of that. That's the stuff I had to trudge through to get to the actual gold. I had to I had to I had to go through all the gold concentrate. I had to go through all the ground, move all the rocks just to get to the gold. And on the way there, I ran across, you know, the Kablion, um, ran across the um, um, uh, the Kabbalah and, and, and all its meetings and the Zahar, the whole nine yards. I went I went through that entire path just to get to the origin because I knew none of that was the origin. All right, that, that that's that that's a lot. <laughs> You're doing the most here, brother. That that's <laughs> that's a lot. Um, the show Get on Code is all about empowerment, health, wealth, knowledge, yourself. So, part of what the show focuses on is in the area of empowerment, finding things that empower us to solve and be able to truly master the challenges that face us. So. With all that you've learned, how can what you've learned help this situation? You know, these are the melanated who've been murdered by um, police officers. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and we're still kind of, you know, we as people of African descent and an Aboriginal descent and indigenous descent, you know, whatever term you want to use, we've had a difficult time with the judicial system Mm -hmm. since the 1800s and so you know since the 1800s every president democrat republican whatever has been turned a blind eye when we say hey we're having a very different experience with this judicial system you know right um yeah i don't yeah so how can we empower ourselves you know in voting politics attention resource economics with the information that you've learned that deals with Asar and Aset and Haru, you know, how, how does that make you a more empowered person when you're dealing with the problems of the world? Well, the number one issue, I think, in terms of what you just expressed, is consistency. I think the number one issue is consistency. So, 
Um, first of all, we're following philosophies of other groups of people. That's number one. So there are going to be perceptions, right, of, of what we've learned. And as a result, that creates inconsistency. When you're trying to establish a system, um, a system should be something you can go to and, and have an expectation. You know what the outcome is going to be. If I do this, I can expect that. If I do that, I can expect this, right? In our own culture, we don't have that. We don't have a system of our own. So uh, it's more like trial and error. And when we do something, we have to figure out, well, we'll do this. And we don't exactly know exactly what the outcome is going to be. Most times we know it's going to be unfavorable uh, as it relates to an advantage for us. But the issue for me with that is that's got to do with the inconsistency. So when we practice inconsistencies, we're going to wind up having inconsistent behavior in terms of how we interact with each other. For example, um, I was born in the 60s, so but I'm, I'm old enough to, to remember um, you know, the riots when Martin Luther King was shot and, um, you know, word on the street, you know, what happened with Malcolm X and all that kind of stuff, right? And what stands out is that we never had a system of, of, um, of how we're going to interact with each other, right? So it's funny because I was talking to my daughter about this earlier. I was talking to Imani about it. And um, I said, you know, we go about it the wrong way to deal with those type of situations that you just mentioned. What uh, we should be doing is uh, uh, we should be going for the throat of the judicial system like any other country does. You take it into the court system. You fight it collectively as a whole, not this, not not allowing it to be separated and dissected. Uh, well, we'll do this one, then we 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 do this one. We have to attack laws that address what our needs are. We are taxpayers, are we not? If we're taxpayers, then we should be respected as such. And as a result, we should as a result, we should also demand what our needs are. We're not demanding that our needs are met. That's the issue. That's what I think the issue is. If, if we're going to address the situation with law enforcement, which is more locally, unfortunately, we're going to have to handle it on a national basis and then allow it to be broken down from that point. Because if we do it from the bottom of the pyramid, what winds up happening is we, we're working with one stone at a time. And because of time, over time and over distance, they seem, these conditions seem very separated. We need to approach all these as one thing opposed to this one thing in this corner, one thing in that corner, and we and we work everything one brick at a time. We just start with the one brick on top, build the, our legislation from that, build up what it is we want from that, and then we can address all those things. But the way we go about it, there's no system. And as a result, our own people, like I said, they don't know what to expect even from us. We don't even, we don't even know what to expect from each other because we don't have a system in place uh, that would support what our interests are. And this is how it works in America. People lobby, right? We've heard people lobbying for laws, lobbying for change. I, the people lobbying, I've never seen them march. They lobby to change, to, to, to make, to influence changes in law. They don't march. So right. I think the way we go about it, and for some reason, we're not getting it. The, you know, the way we've gone about it hasn't changed. 
And you, I don't know why we seem to think that we can keep using the same model and that model's not working. And I don't think we're actually looking at the entire model. So if we go back to the uh, the marches that began during what we call the civil rights movement, right? And those marches, and um, that was just part of the part of the strategy. You know, that was just part of the. So uh, those who trained Dr. King shared with him that marches and demonstrations just brought press attention. To the situation, yeah. And behind the scenes, you have to do the negotiating and the dealing and the demands, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know that's what happened with voting. You know that's why you know we're able to vote now because you know we had the marches going on, but behind the scenes, you know the president at that time and those who were working with Dr. King, because you know everyone wants to attribute everything to Dr. King, um, right? <laughs> but if you read Dr. King's books, he tells you who he was rocking with. And the women yeah. that participated and helped kind of shape some of the ideas that happened, and the men that were working with them, and you know things of that nature. Right. And you know they shared it. this is how we had to approach things. We had to break things down this way. We had to say if you want this, you're going to get this, and those yeah. types of things. So, and so it's kind of interesting. Like when you look at people who are impoverished, mm-hmm. if you ask them what a wealthy person looks like. They just tell you what it, the clothes, the car, the things they can see, but they can't see what produces the wealth that allows them to purchase the cars, right. the clothes. Yeah. And that's you an know. easy one. That's interesting you would say it because that's an easy one. What produces the wealth is what they're standing on. It's called infrastructure. If you don't have infrastructure in place, then you don't have anything to build on. So you've got to have water, you've got to have electricity, you've got to have industry that supports an economy. So even though we may most times, you know, reference what we see as wealth, we're not really understanding what wealth is. When you stop at that traffic light, that's wealth. When the lights come on and street lights come on at night, that's wealth. Wealth is all (laughs) around you, right? The issue is how are we using that? How are we applying that? What are we thinking about? Why is, why do we have what are you doing with electrical current? Is that electrical current benefiting you in any way? Can it benefit you in a way? Can you use the light at night to write a book? You know, must you always be just listening to music or watching TV? What are you doing with that power that's that's in the possession, in your possession, pretty much as long as you're breathing? What are you doing right. with it? I want to just talk, we're just talking about electricity, you know. Uh you know, or what, are we? what do we have? We have NFTs now, right? I mean, you can draw something and, and, and sell that as a sell it as a digital asset. What are you doing with that time? Well, I, I think we're talking about electricity, but we're not just talking about yeah, we're talking I'm about the ashe as, as well. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah, about the ashe. We're talking about the ka. Yeah, you yeah. know, and you can probably better talk about the ka and what that means. I'll say, you know, ashe is like energy, your your life energy. Um, but I brought that up because when many of us look at what happened during the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and how some of those things uh, were brought to the plate, we see the march, mm-hmm. we see the picket signs, but we don't see what really made things change. Uh, l- let me give an example that I've become acquainted with recently. We know about Bloody Sunday. 
So we know about the people who were marching on the Edmund Pettus Bridge and how the the police officers and started attacking them and the white supremacists started attacking them. And the the marches that happened after that didn't have that level, the same level of violence upon no. the marches. Now, what most people <laughs> believe that there was a change of heart that um that the prayers were answered. You know, and I, I'm not I'm not demeaning the power of prayer because whenever you focus on something, you give your ashe, your energy to something, things can change. I, 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 metaphysically, physically, I get that. But what they don't talk about is the deacons for the defense of justice, which was a Christian gun organization. And after what happened at Edmund Pettus Bridge, the civil rights uh, organizers hired this gun club to protect the marches. So, yeah, we had people marching with, you know, picket signs and singing We Shall Overcome, but we also had brothers who were there with guns. Yeah. And they were like, act up if you want to, you know, act up, you can get smacked up. That's what, (laughs) and things became a little more civil. <laughs> you know, yeah. a, a little more, yeah, yeah. Like these cats are not playing; they going for this. So, I say that a lot of times we see the flashy stuff, mm-hmm. but we don't see what it took for things to move. Right. Um, so, this kind of brings me back to how do we make change? You know how how does the comedic science um, help us to make change. You know, you talked about a book and actually I read this 20 years ago. (laughs) What are some of the messages in this type of literature that we can use to help make change? And secondly, secondarily, how is this related to this? Ooh, well, you're trying to really get to it, huh? Do it. So, so first of all, the Cobblion is, is as you know, there was another book that came off of this that became very popular for a while, a series, a cassette series and, and CD series that was called, you know, the laws based on the laws of attraction and stuff like that. That was a spinoff of the Cobblion. Okay. So as for me, I know the entire tree inside and out. The Cobblion, as well as the secret, only talks about various aspects of it as it ben- as as it, as it can benefit you, say financially, right? The Cobblion has more to do with benefiting one from an alchemic standpoint. So the three initiates and the people of that particular organization were focused on power. So the Cobblion, they believed, would be able to, would enable them to be able to um, to be able to use or practice alchemy, right? Literally, I mean, you've got people who are still doing it, you know, trying to figure out how to, you know, convert iron into gold, for example. Uh, But the true, but it's not alchemy. They're using the wrong term. The term they should be using is transcendence. And so uh, both the Cobblion and and, and the concept of the secret uh, or the Emerald Tablets, as it was called when it was discovered, that was uh, written by the uh, they called the the Greek terminology was Hermes Tetramingus, which means the t- thrice great, three times great. 
but that's really not his name. His, his name is, is to, uh, I prefer to pronounce it as Tehuti, but some people pronounce it as Dijahuti, uh, de, uh, with a DJ rather than just T-E-H, Huti, U-T-I. Some pounds pronounce it as DJ, uh, uh, E-H-U-T-I. Uh, uh, this is supposed to be uh, the aspect or the attribute of God in terms of all-knowing and wise, right? But really, uh, when you get into the pharaohs, you know, they always walked around with either with a, with a, with a uh, or crook in the right hand and a flail in the left hand, which had to do with the flail had to do the flail had the flail had to do with um, I'm sorry about that. I don't know who this is, but uh, the flail had to do with uh, with with, with self discipline. And the crook has to do with with wisdom of the ancestors. So their concept was never their concept was never to um, to disassociate with all the cosmic energy or all the um, all the different um, how should I say expressions of God. Because uh, so when I get in these con- con- in these these conversations with people, I say you got to make up your mind: either God is all things, or God isn't. Which is it? So if God is not all things, then it's okay for you to say you're not God. But if God is all things, then obviously, guess what? God is also you. So, but how does that work? What does that mean? So, when you get into frequency and energy, um, uh, matter takes on form, but something has to inspire that matter. So, so the form that we take on is obviously based on an image. That image comes from a photon, if you would, right? So it was believed by our ancestors that that cosmic energy was, was directed by will, right? So when you get into that part of it, now you, what we're getting into is the tree of life, is which what the Kabbalion was talking about. It's referring to the tree of life. And there's been many, I don't know, must be some 23 different renderings of what the, what the tree of life looks like. Right, uh, but what it looks like is not relevant. How it works is. What does it do? And the truth is, all these these all these are actually attributes of your own being. So I learned, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 years ago, that our ancestors' technology was us. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a it wasn't a cell phone. It wasn't a computer. It, it you know, it, it wasn't space technology. It was the technology of self, understanding what we are, uh, how we operate, what makes us work, what is this, how are we able to derive heat, how can, can we create images in our mind where there is no light, how can you see an imagination, how can you have a dream, how can you see a memory, you know, when there's no light in there, you know, so they, they, they uh, I guess you might say, question, you know, reality itself. And so the question became, you know, well, what am I in the first place and how do I function? And so when you get into the car, the car references your spirit energy in that, in that way. But car in and of itself, the KH in car references understanding. Mm, what is that? Well, understanding is of what? It's understanding of ma to interrelationships and interdependencies between things. But it's two things to that. Is how you feel about those interdependencies and interrelationships between things. And it's also what you can see in those independences and interrelationships between things. You have to be able to feel it and see it to have understanding. 
If you don't wait, 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 you don't have full understanding. Wait, wait, wait. You just went too deep. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so for the uninitiated, what is ma'at? Ma'at. And what is ka? Okay. You were saying it, but you, uh, I guess for the uninitiated, they may not necessarily have a frame of reference. Okay, so ka, first of all, my definition of it or description of it may be different than, say, some spiritual organizations may have defined it, right? So... My spiritual definition of the ka is based on the sound of ka, right? So ka, I know for a fact, is based on its sound. is a divine is a is a divine tone, if you will, right? So as you know, ba in comedic energy is known as your soul, right? And ka is known as spirit. But these are your individualized spirits. But spirit in reality is energy, right? And anything that is energy is also will, right? So in order for us to experience existence, we have to be able to interact with the so-called laws of God, which were known as ma'at, right? So ma'at is the interrelationships and interdependencies between things. Now we can live or have an existence in ma'at, which is where we are, which are, uh, 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 we, we live by principles and standards, I guess you might say, or universal rules that allows uh, our form to, to coexist in this, what we call reality. We're living in ma'at, whether we realize it or not. The difference is, is how you're able to interact with it. Are you interacting with it or are you not interacting with it? If you are, then that's called wisdom, because then you have an understanding as to how things work. But when you lack an understanding as to how things work, it doesn't mean you can't live within Ma'at. It simply means that you don't have the ability to interact with it. And and, and and from what I've learned, that's really the ultimate goal of our ancestors is to is to have that understanding so that one when one leaves this particular form, one will become a shepherd. Which is supposed to be one of the highest, you know. That's supposed to be like one of the highest things to be. Now, a shepherd in Christianity would be Jesus, as he's often referred as a shepherd. Shep, we were using those terms back then. Shep means shepherd. Shepherd of what? Shepherd, one who guides others. All right. But they were called sheps, and that's what the crook is that the that the uh, that the uh, pharaohs or the mummies would hold in the right hand. That's what the crook is. The crook represents a shep, being a shep. That is one who guides others. I learned that the uh, I guess you know when they talked about in the Bible particularly uh, I can't think what passage it is but my ride thy ride and staff the ride was hard knowledge and staff was guidance the, the, well you can call the ride hard knowledge but in reality the ride is self discipline I tell people all the time hmm. uh, 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 fantasy without discipline is self destruction so you have to have emotional self-discipline. So it's like if you're young and you're in a relationship with a, with a young lady, you may have just gotten married, maybe you didn't, but you're living together and you guys just had a baby. And the older, oldest one of you might be 24. What's going to happen? It's going to be some people going to be getting upset, baby crying all the time, it's wearing on you, you're tired, you snap, you get angry. Right, I've lived and, that life, <laughs> and, and so this causes a lot of relationships to fall apart because there is no self-discipline 
as it relates to emotion. If you don't, if you if you lack emotional self-discipline, you're not going to be able to get along with anybody. You just go become an anger man management issue. That breaks up so many families, you know. So, you know, taking the time to be still and to center yourself and relax everything, all your bones, just relax for a while and let things go. You can have it back tomorrow. Don't go to bed with stress. Don't go to bed with um, with some issues. You can have it back in the morning when you get up. But tonight, before you go to bed, release all your fetters. Let it go. And, you know, that's one thing that I learned from my ancestors that was the hardest thing for me to learn. Uh, it would blew my mind when I found that the commandants were, you know, they're doing the 42 confessions of mine. Um, between technically there was a time frame between 9 p.m. and about 11 p.m. definitely before 12 uh, a.m. Uh, they did the 42 confessions of my to release to be forgiven of all their fetters if they had any or to at least make confessions <clears throat> confessions as to how they lived that day you know um, um, you know I have I have not wronged my neighbor I have not stolen you know these different things they would say. Uh, it's because they had a concept that judgment came every single night between 12 a.m. and uh, and no later than 3 a.m. So between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. every single night, judgment came. And then, of course, you had the big one, which occurred on the eighth day, which for us in, in our seven day week, it would be uh, on a Saturday. For They had a 10 day week. So for them, it was on the eighth day. So. You know, it blew my mind when every night these people were asked, were confessing that they had lived righteously every single night. We don't do that in this in this in this day and time. It's, in fact, it's cool to to live a debauched a debauched life and you know be anything other than than than, than the, I guess you might say anything other than the rule you've been given to live by. But we are still expressing our own free will, and that is a good thing. But just be wary that sometimes free will can be disrupted with fantasy. And like I said, fantasy without without emotional discipline is self-destruct. It can lead to self-destruction. And that's what happens to so many people. Um, you know, you know, you get a little caught up, you get a little beat up and you, you do the thing, you do the drug thing. You know, uh, sometimes it happens just from having fun and you wind up getting caught up. And there you go. With fantasy without self-discipline leads to self-destruction. Yes, that's exactly that's exactly right. What you put up there, uh, the you know forty-two negative confessions. That te- they technically the, ne- the confessions of my my aunt. That's what they are. Right, and so I'm just kind of showing uh, the viewer where they can find this information. Um, yeah, so the forty-two negative confessions of my aunt and. Intriguingly to me is some of these are Lord. what we call the Ten Commandments. That's correct. <laughs> I think that's why I said, oh, I figured you were going there. That's exactly <laughs> the, the Ten Commandments were extrapolated from that. That which you just showed a second ago is anywhere between 2,000 to 2,500 years older than, the, than, than Exodus. So when you get into the biblical exodus, um, these the 42 confessions of mine are somewhere between 2,000 to 2,500 years older than the Ten Commandments. 
Another thing that I learned as uh, when we looked at the uh, Ten Commandments, one of the things my father taught me. Now, I shared with you that my father had his doctorate in theology. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, he shared with me some things that he said he couldn't really share with the congregants, and one of which was there were more commandments than the Ten Commandments. Yes, that the Bible. Ten Commandments are a condensed version. Uh, and that when we looked at you know the burning bush, uh, whenever you saw something burning, it was enlightenment. It was new knowledge. Right. Uh, it was new guidance. So you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that, and that's why pyramids, a uh, pyra, a pyramid, a pyramid represents fire. So the per Haru, which is what the what the pyramids are, the pyramids represent fire. Now, fire in reality represents inspiration. So, uh, even though you've got Moses with the burning burning bush, obviously the burning bush inspired him to do what to write the Ten Commandments. So, fire is actually inspiration. Uh, and if you notice uh, among the ancient Egyptian lore, you'll find aspects of that fire all the time. You see the sun disk above the scarab with the wings on it. You see the pyramids, pyra. Fire that means that refers to fire. So, oh, all this has to do with enlightenment. We can call it fire, but it's really inspiration, and inspiration is actually enlightenment. All right, well, why don't we take a few moments and allow your children uh, to you know ask any questions? That's <laughs> that would be a setup for me because my children would go at me. <laughs> Um, uh, my partner will too. That's <laughs> fine. Though. Like, Dad, you talk all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, hey, Cameron, Mayan, Imani, any thoughts or questions that you want to add into this conversation that Pops has dropped so far? Sure. Um, I'm Cameron speaking. Um, I'm actually uh, glad that you're talking about this. This is a really, we've had this conversation a lot, Daddy, um, around um, just Will and Mott. And um, I guess my question is uh, maybe one that could have been mentioned also is um, when it relates to, let me think. I forgot my question, but um, when it relates to just uh, in imagination and in pa- and in um, passion and things like that, um, how do you create that through when you're meditating um, to manifest things, putting your energy into things? Um, why don't you talk about that more? Because I, I know that was a big thing that you talked about for me. Right. Okay, so what, 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 what she's referring to is um, things that you can do in the meditative state. Uh, obviously, once you realize what you are, then understanding the process. So the process uh, starts with, with uh, concept. Concept is, 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 is another word for conception, but this is all in the conscious state, right? 
Um, the way you apply your will to a dream or idea or concept or ideology that you that you have in your head, it you if you're going to manifest it, it's going to be based on how you feel about it. That's one. Number two, you have to be patient. Some things which are small or should I say it has an interrelationship that's short on a short vibric on, on a short fabric uh, level so to speak those things will manifest sooner but some things have to calibrate over time they have to line up over time and when they line up then those things can happen so it depends on what it is but always how you feel about it is actually feeding it so the manifestation is coming from you now now just so you understand I'm not trying to make it sound like that ultimately it's not God. Of course it's God, but one aspect of that is also you. So as you could say, it's both you and God that's manifesting something that you have an idea about it, but how you feel about that, that, that idea or concept or ideology, that is going to determine whether or not you get to realize it. So as you know, when you were younger, I always talked about life is only two E's, right? Uh, expression and experience. These are the only two states. These are the only two states we're ever in. We're, and we're in a state of experiencing someone else's expression, or someone else is all is in a state of of a weird state of expression to someone else, and they're experiencing our expression. Those that's what life ultimately is. So, in order for you to manifest anything in life, you're really seeking to an experience with the thing you're thinking about. That's, that's all you're really doing. But how you feel about it determines the outcome. And every, I think almost anybody knows this, but this nobody thinks about it in the way I'm explaining it. But it's how it works for all of us. If you think you're going to have a good time tonight, chances are you're going to have a good time tonight. But if you got a bad feeling about something, you know what I need to call? I need to call so-and-so because I don't, I don't, something ain't right. We, we all have a sense for things. The difference is, is that most of the time we don't qualify things the way I'm explaining it now these are just among many things that I just happen to pay attention to along the way so wow um, hey Cameron thank you for your question your comment and sharing a little bit of your experience with your father so so you know so brother Monk how has this information impacted your fatherhood experience Ooh. Well, once I got there, first of all, it took a while. I had a tough time coming up. Um, I'm a 60s child out of New York, right? So you can imagine what that was like. You know, uh, we moved from New York uh, in the early 70s down to South Carolina in a rural town with 800 people in the whole town. Uh, you can imagine what that was like. So. Um, I had it. I had it. I had it really hard. I had a tough time. So uh, it took me a long time to become the person that's talking right now. I wasn't this person when Imani, who's also on the line, when she was born. I wasn't the person I am right now. I was still in the process of becoming that person. But I had had a hard time. You know, I had, uh, I, you know, I had a, a abusive stepfather growing up. You know, I had the routine challenges. A lot of young men and women have um, growing up, you know, in the 60s, mid to early to mid 70s, you know, 
I had the same challenges and those challenges affected me negatively. And uh, I, I, went, I went through a lot. I went through homelessness uh, for a few years, you know. Uh, so I've had some challenges I had to overcome and uh, which maybe we can talk about that part another time because that's a really long story that one. But um, I, I just knew that there had to be more to uh, this experience that we call life and I pursued it and I'm glad I did. Uh, but it's effect, it affected me in a way that I'm much more calm. I'm really, really calm. I peace almost all the time. Uh, I do have my challenges with my job, which you know about. <laughs> so, you know, uh, but that that's work. That work is for everybody else. That work isn't just for me, you know. So uh, that's with Power Corp, as you know. So, you know, um, that's how it's affected me. It's, it's changed me. It's changed me in such a way that I'm always calm. Um, I'm never worried about anything. I'm never disturbed or disrupted. I do have stresses from time to time, but my stress has more to do with tolerance. How long can I wait? You know, that other than that, that's it. I don't really have okay. any issues. Okay. I have one question I want to ask, and I also wanted to give Mayan and Imani a question, uh, opportunity to ask something. So uh, if Mayan and Imani have a burning question drop it now if not then I'll go to my last question and then we're obviously going to have you back on a platform brother Th okay. this is going to be yeah I mean because we're learning and earning with you right now so right. Um, Imani or Mayan do you have a question yeah yes this is Imani can you hear me we can yes. go ahead Queen yeah. So I actually want to circle back to when we spoke about higher self and lower self. And I know, Daddy, we speak a lot about how nothing is necessarily, you know, polarized in that way, you know, being higher or lower or good or bad. Right. So I just kind of want to bring it back to that and talk about that. Okay, so she's referring to the star of Ra most people refer to the star of David which is as above so below uh, that's what that star reference references so um, the lower self in reality is actually your ego um, but even that part is divine but uh, your lower self is actually a combination of what you see in the mundane state so Mundane is when you see a bird or you drink you you you, you drink uh, some very um, tart drink you know maybe you drink lemonade and you go ooh from that that sour sudden taste you get uh, all these experiences from expressions and from influences all these are upon your lower being which is called by our by our ancestors that's called set but it, that that aspect actually refers to your ego. So that would be the, the, the unlearned aspect of your being would be considered the lower self, right? And that's the part that your higher self, your true self, which is the spirit part of your being, that part of the spirit energy uh, that allows you to have consciousness and that allows you to perceive things for what they are, but only after the ego gets out of the way. This is the reason why a lot of times we do things and we make terrible mistakes first. Only to find out later, oh man, you know what? Why'd I do that? Man, I shouldn't have done that. You know, and all of a sudden you have this realization 
of, of and an understanding. But where the heck did that understanding come from? Because a lot of times you have this understanding, you didn't talk to nobody. It's something you discovered yourself after you did something and maybe you had a negative experience from it. And then you go, man, I shouldn't have done that, man. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden now you've got all this sense. Where was it before you, you know, before you had this bad experience or before you did whatever it is you did, you know? Um, so once once the ego subsides, which is which our, which our ancestors referred to as set. All right. So set in the in the in the metaphor is the brother of also. So also is your actually upper self or divine self and set is actually the ego self, which is the lower self. And isn't set the, uh, the prototype? The arch nemesis of your higher self. It's the arch nemesis of your higher self. However, it will conform once you once it's educated. This is the reason why uh, in the in the solar boat, set is the one who protects the boat. Later on, he after the, the trial and everything, he he later protects the boat that Osir is in. This is wait, why wait, he's wait, on the wait. boat in the first place. Wait, wait, wait. So once again, for the uninitiated, right. <laughs> if I hadn't studied or been exposed to this story, I wouldn't know what you're referencing right now. Uh, oh, so wow. I'm, I'm cool. going to pull my question and okay. we're going to end with you giving a little more details for the uninitiated on this story of, you know, uh, uh, Set and awesome. Haru in the boat. And, yeah. um, That's and a lot that's pretty Before long. I, I'll be honest, it's long. So we we may have to save that to part two. But right. I'm glad that you shared that, you know, because I learned that set was the the expression that Letty became Satan. Uh, and no. you you could say he is the Christian Satan, right? But in reality, he's your alter. He's your ego. He's the alter ego of also. He is the unlearned self. That's what set is. So technically, a setian is anyone who's unlearned. Ooh, I had never seen R A U and then S C T and right. extrapolated S C T. Right. Ooh. <laughs> I say, I say, wow. But go ahead and finish your point, and uh, then we'll we'll finish up, and then we we're gonna have right. to schedule a part two. This has been. Enlightening. This has very been enlightening. Well, I'm glad I can help. You know, I mean, I, I didn't learn all this stuff for nothing, but I did. I did want to share all this stuff with, with my kids, and I do. I literally do. So uh, sometimes we're sitting out on the deck, but as whenever Imani comes over and Cameron comes home because she's in college right now, so whenever we're all together, sometimes I'll, I'll, when I'm relaxing, we're sitting on the deck listening to jazz, all of a sudden I'll just start talking sometimes or, or Imani will ask a question and we'll just go on for a couple hours. But uh, relating to the higher self, so set is the ego, right? It's the unlearned self. It's, the, it's, it's, it's called, technically, it, it used to be called Sebek back when the planet Mars was referred to as Sebku. So the ancient name for Mars was Sebku, right? So Sebku, if you look at, even even in Zodiac today, if you look at Mars in the correct way, say, if, for example, you were to take uh, the Greek gods, for example, uh, Mars represents unruliness. 
it represents unruliness. So the planet Mars also represented set. So it represents the attributes of yourself which are unruly. But at the same time, the attributes of yourself are unruly because it is undisciplined, because it doesn't know any better. So it, it seeks discovery. It wants to go and discover things. It wants to go out and find things. And it's, it's also hard-headed, right? So it wants to go out and learn things for itself, even if it gets it killed, <laughs> even if it gets a leg amputated, even if, 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 even if it winds up in a really, really bad situation. And we can think of millions of them, uh, young and old, get themselves in situations that you would think, wow, I mean, you didn't have enough sense, you know, to not do that, right? So this is what the Setian concept does. The, the, the unlearned self is the Setian, right? But after it commits, if you would, the divine crime against itself, then it's, subs- then, it's, then, it's, then it's subdued by its own actions and as a result of that uh, as a result of that subdued um, that allows your higher self the Osarian aspect of your own being to, to, to introduce wisdom into your being and teach your lower self that's how that process actually works and it takes time as I tell my kids all the time to get from this point right to get from this point to this point takes millions of years in consciousness but uh, you're probably like well how am I going to get millions of years while, while we sit here talking over the, over my lifetime that's a whole nother conversation well yeah I, I've <laughs> kind of learned that we can't look at the middle of the movie and think that we've seen the whole movie right. <laughs> so I'll show you that hey uh, earners whoo uh, man I said earners. I was thinking of <laughs> another group I'm in. Uh, Code Keepers. We've been uh, actually earning and learning from the good brother, the Kimishan monk. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, hey, on our way out, tell us what Kimishan monk talks about. I mean, what, what? how'd you come up with it? What's it mean? And then we're out of here. Well, Kim, as you know, is the ancient name of where we come from. The land of the blacks was known as Kemet. They called it Kim, right? This was long before the Greeks called it Egyptos. And now today's translation is Egypt. But originally it was Egyptos. But before the Greeks called it Egyptos, it was called Kemet. So, as you know, what the reference to monk means, it means one who is devout. One who, one who, um, well, first of all, one who loves but more importantly, one who is devout. So as for a monk, I'm devout, but I'm also black. So committing monk is one who is devout about his blackness or, or our blackness. And so I pursue that to, to share it with all of us. I say, I say. Well, once again, co-keepers, you know, we've been learning and earning with the with the monk brother, <laughs> the brother monk. <laughs> Had to give him a nice, cute name, you know. <laughs> That's cool. So we're going to have Brother Monk back on the show so we can continue learning about um, this philosophy and how we can apply it to our lives. I mean, there are a lot of things that we need to change. You know, we need to change these things. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure these things don't happen again. All right. You know, we need to make sure these things stop happening. We need to make sure that these things stop happening 
it's definitely time for a change. And the interesting thing is it looks like our ancestors have already left the way. Yep. The way is open. They've already left the way. We're going to have to turn over the tables. We just, we just got to turn the tables over, right? The way has already been left. It's already been left. So learn the code, get on code, teach the code, and be the code. And we love you. All right? Peace. Thank you. Peace. <laughs> Stay floss, 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 stay The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss. Stay conscious. Stay fly.